Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Worldcraft Club podcast, a podcast devoted to helping authors, dungeon masters, and anyone who makes fictional settings master the craft of world building to create the most enticing and engaging worlds to bring your audience back time and time again. Now, today is a big boy. It's a big boy because it is May the 4th, Star Wars Day, and we have a special patron-requested episode all about the Jedi to share with you today. But first, let's check in with Seth. May the 4th be with you, Seth. May the 4th also be with you, James. <laughs> See, I have like a church background, and so I I, I want to say something like, May the 4th indeed. That was literally <laughs> what I was trying to not say. I know. Exactly. <laughs> or, and, and with you as well. You know, it's the uh, Easter influence. Yeah, 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 it's the Easter influence. But uh, so, yeah, we were recording this quite ahead of time, and um, we we had canvassed some some friends uh, in in, a, in our patron uh, Patreon group, which you should should totally join. By the way, you should jump on board with that because we're, we're we're a little family right now. We're a little family, and that means that everybody kind of gets a say right now. But when we get a little bit bigger, it's going to be harder. We're going to have to run things like polls and all sorts of uh, impersonal things rather than just calling you all up and saying, hey, what do you want to hear? So go ahead and jump on that soon. But we, we were talking to a patron friend and asked, what 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 do you want us to do? What do you, what do you want us to run for you? And they said, what, why don't you talk about how crappy the Jedi are? And I was like, I know who I want to talk to about this. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole thing. This is a whole thing. And it and is a whole thing, man. It is a whole thing. And I should probably just apologize now for what is about to happen in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it would it, we'd call it a hot take, but honestly, Seth has had these takes for so long, like they have. Th- it's they're been molding, years. They're molding in the back of the fridge at this point. Absolutely, it's been years. Uh, so just so everybody knows my background, I have been a huge Star Wars fan ever since I first discovered Star Wars, which was actually later than most people, considering I grew up in Africa. Another story yeah. for another time. Africa reading books. That's right. So yeah. I uh, I came to Star Wars a little bit late in high school and I loved it. I loved it so much that I um, knew pretty much everything there was to know about it. I was super into reading books. So the extended universe was my jam. I actually didn't see the movies until after I had nearly memorized a uh, encyclopedia, a Star Wars encyclopedia. <laughs> That's the kind of kid I was. Oh, dear. So. To say I've been a little bit disappointed in how Star Wars has proceeded is a definite understatement. Now, we do actually have an episode sort of devoted to this as well. It's called Star Wars Good or Bad, uh, which is loosely based on on a concept from a community episode where they try to find out if Nicolas Cage is good or bad. And the answer really is neither. Like, Nicolas Cage is kind of like... Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage That's and right. Star Wars is kind of Star Wars and it, it holds this this place in our world building canon where almost everybody was influenced and inspired by it there's a raging debate about whether it's science fiction or science fantasy or just fantasy and everybody seems to think they know the answer conclusively but I'll tell you this it still inspires a lot of people towards science fiction even if it's not science fiction it's kind of at least a sci-fi gateway drug absolutely that, you know and on top of that It's not bad from an entertainment value. Yeah. It's just that as soon as you start to dig into it, you realize that for the most part, everything that has come out recently is really one dimensional. And that's, I think, a little bit disappointing. 
Yeah, and you know, you know, things like uh, that 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 tend to rub world builders the wrong way, like um, really single biome planets and yeah. kind of a very rickety sort of sense of technology. Like, why do the stormtrooper armors have boobs? And right. uh, they're all like plastic, and it's the Jedi can deflect. Like, they, 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 their armor doesn't seem to do anything. Like, and it right. makes you wonder why they're wearing it. And uh, you know, they could just be wearing like spandex or lycra or something. You know, it is interesting how many times. Flexible. It is interesting how many times stormtroopers with helmets get hit in the head and seem to instantly die. Yeah, um, you sort of wonder why they're wearing a helmet in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it also doesn't help them breathe in space. And we know this because every single Star Wars game that we've ever played since then, it's very entertaining just to pitch stormtroopers into space using the force right. or blowing up an airlock or something. So it's 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 a continual thing. But like one of the things that I think is worth raising, and I think this is really where um, our patron was was shooting, was the the issues with the Jedi and the Force, and she she said kind of like look. Can you talk about how crappy the Jedi are? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I mean, like the Jedi, the, the, the Jedi are like a quasi religious order of warrior monks that have a weirdly close relationship to galactic government. They're like on the home planet of the galactic government, like close by to the Senate. They train children from a young age and functionally indoctrinate them in a in, in, in effectively a religion. And we know this because there are people who don't adhere to the religion. They're right. called bad guys. Every time they're called bad guys, they're the Sith. And for some reason, they always want to be, you know, these, these domineering things. And, and no one ever seems to ask the question, why do so many Jedi go bad? You know what I mean? Right. Like the philosophy can't be that good if they're, if they're going in that direction all the time. So, so, I don't know, Seth, lay, lay it on me. What, what sure. are your thoughts so, on So, I'm slightly ashamed to admit that I have thought about this a lot. There are really two ways to approach this, though, as far as I'm concerned. There's mm. a philosophical argument that that needs to be addressed regarding the Jedi. And and I know that not everybody's going to agree with me on this one, but I have, some, I have some thoughts about the philosophy of the Jedi and the philosophy of the, of the Sith. But that aside, there's also a world building argument that should be made. Mm. And what I'd like to do is initially just discuss the the Jedi's role in the universe um, and and more specifically their role in this story, because Mm. I think that that is going to before we get into the philosophy and the world building design piece. I think this is going to actually give us a good way of of sort of anchoring the conversation by saying, what are the Jedi actually supposed to do in the story, right? Because if you removed the Jedi, you would actually have a pretty cool story about technology and about a galactic empire and rebels Mm. and in the extended universe, there are stories that are Jedi free, that are force free. Now, obviously, in the Star Wars universe, the force is omnipresent. It always exists. So everything is done under that umbrella, right? Mm, but yeah. there are stories that don't deal with Jedi at all. So I think about yeah. some of the bounty hunter stories. I think about Rogue One. Yeah, I was about uh, to say Rogue One. It's my you favorite. Know, so you get you get all of these stories where it's just a space opera, right? It's just, it's just a cool adventure story 
with people in space. Yeah. And the Star Wars universe is great in that regard. The aliens are alien. The planets are interesting. The technology that they talk about is cool, if non-functional. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so you have to sort of wonder, what's the actual role of the Jedi in this story? Well, I was, I was going to say, if, if you think about the first movie, it's kind of weird. You know, we, we have a whole built up history. We have a canon in head for the Jedi. We have this notion about who they are. But in the first movie, we know very, very little about them. We just know that they are force users who are good guys, as opposed to right. Darth Vader. And because and the concept of the Sith wasn't really developed at, at that point either. I'm pretty sure no. Sith, I, if I'm right, I'm pretty sure the first, uh, is it, is it, no, I, I'm pretty sure the first, the, the actual three initial George Lucas trilogy had no mention of the Sith. Correct. I don't believe it actually did. Because and that, Darth, and that, Darth Vader was the only one. Yeah. And well, I'm sorry. Darth and, Vader and the Emperor, Emperor yeah. Palpatine. But they weren't but they weren't actually Sith at that they point. They were just bad guys. Right. And, and and you know, for all we knew, Darth was his first name. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it was like, only later revealed through it's a title. the extended universe. Yeah, that it's a title. Yeah. And, and, and this sort of thing is like, it, it's, there's a whole bunch of odd stuff as well, especially because they call it a hokey religion when apparently the Jedi were in force about 17 years prior. Right. It's like they, like they lived near the Senate. Now they're like, uh, it's like Vader, we don't want to hear more about your hokey old religion. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. really? Like you're an older dude. Like, you know, <laughs> you were probably there when, when Emperor Palpatine went nuts yeah. Right. In the Senate. This is not your first force choking. And you're exactly. telling me this. Like, <laughs> like, this can't be your first time, Moff, whatever your name is. Like, but yeah, it's uh, it's just surprisingly little mention. It's only really built right. upon in, in really the prequels and, and right. then a, a whole pile of boatload of other stuff that builds right. upon it. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think you were like halfway through a point and I just decided to- No, and I think that that is actually, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Because initially the Jedi in the story were uh, there as a plot device to- encourage the hero to get in touch with himself and with the universe. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and to pit the bad version of that, the domineering tyrant. Yeah. Who is using this force for evil against the person who is using the force for good. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's all it was. But then we get the extended universe and people started being like, Oh wait, the Jedi are the most uh, interesting part of the whole thing. And so let's start expanding them out into, into something bigger than that, right? Yeah. But like you said, if we actually look at the canon, we find some real big problems. Mm, we find yeah. some significant uh, world building issues mm. that that rear their ugly head because, because either everybody in the universe all of a sudden forgot all of the history, right? Everybody <laughs> yeah. was just like, yeah. well, let's just not think about that anymore. You know, this thousands and thousands and thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years of history that has been built up to, you know, the Republic and the Galactic Senate. And yeah. then all of a sudden the droid army moves in and then the clones move in and everybody's like, well, let's just forget about all of that. But, 
but here's the weird thing as well as I was telling um, I was telling Marcus about this when we were talking about the Mandalorian episode that should have come out actually just before this one. So you guys are getting a whole lot of Star Wars right now. But the um, it, it, most folks probably didn't notice like that the right. that the Empire happened because the Empire was just the Senate. In fact, the Senate right. was still around in A New Hope. It's right. just that literally the the, uh, the he says I've abolished the Senate. Like that was a big deal, and they were like, "Oh, if you've you've gotten rid of the Senate, okay, still still working on that." We thought, "Okay, done with that, fine, no more representation." <laughs> you know, okay, that that's yeah. kind of what what happened in the first in the first episode, and um, it was it, it most folks probably didn't even notice that was not really right. a transition of power. It's 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 the they would have thought about the Clone Wars themselves would have been a big experience and actually Correct. were spoken about in A New Hope, and they mentioned your right. father fought with me in the Clone Wars. Right. That's all we know. But yeah, sorry. Again, another, no, another distraction there. No, but it's, it's a weird thing about the I, history. I think this is I think this is really good, though, because so so I've I've heard it said and I don't agree with this take, but it's worth mentioning since we're talking about it, that the Jedi, that the only reason that we as the viewer know about the Jedi is because they are a focus of the series. Whereas the mass majority of people, because there were so few Jedi, the mass majority of people in the Star Wars universe would have zero contact with the Jedi, and it would be considered sort of myth and superstition, and that they yeah. were, in to a certain extent, a hidden, a hidden arm of the Senate, right? Which is really problematic. It's super problematic. Like it's a big problem. Like that's like a, a, a weird thing to essentially have again headquartered religious monks, um, warrior monks that are some sort of tool who can inside. mind control people. Yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah. of a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I it's 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 messed up as well. Like so so this is the direction I went in researching for this. Is I started reading about the old republic. Right. So um, anybody who's familiar with uh, Knights of the Old Republic was an incredible game that was released by Bioware, which is a reason why I, I let them get away with making Mass Effect Andromeda and didn't, and didn't screech at them as I was like, well, they made Knights of the Old Republic. You know, they yeah, kind of, they get a pretty good. They get a mulligan. And but they did that. And then they made KOTOR 2. Yeah. And in KOTOR, you play, you, so I'm going to spoil the crap out of it, but you, you effectively, you find out that you were the the big evil Jedi, uh, big evil Sith, and you were sort of mostly killed and then sort of resurrected by the Jedi. And you have a certain force, force-based force connection with a, with, a, with a Jedi. And then you kind of get to choose from your amnesiac state, whether you are good or bad. And you find out like two thirds of the way through the game that you were this mythical figure, Revan, who was this big, nasty, evil dude who started trying to take over the galaxy. But the thing that's interesting is this whole event is called the Jedi Civil War because most folks couldn't really tell the difference between the Sith and the Jedi. They were just Jedi and then there were other Jedi who were not Jedi anymore who had some sort of disagreement. So what KOTOR 2 does is it explores the reason why Revan changed. And so essentially what happened was it was very similar to the uh, prequel trilogy where the um, all, all the uh, Jedi were trying to decide if they wanted to go and get involved in a war. At that time, it was the Mandalorians that were attacking and were laying waste to the Republic because the Republic were garbage. And um, then the Jedi decided to go in and help, led by Revan and Malak and a few others. And in the fighting, what Kreia says in the in the Old Republic, um, who is uh, one of Revan's teachers, is she said the Mandalorians formed Revan as much as Revan as Revan fought them, and the Mandalorians viewed themselves as testing 
the Republic. They viewed themselves as as challenging them. And if the Republic couldn't stand on its own two feet, well, it didn't deserve to stand. And so, but the thing that's funny is the Mandalorians love Revan. Revan kicked the crap out of them and they still think he's great because he, yep. he tested them right back and he that's kicked right. the crap out of them. <laughs> and the ones that survived deserve to survive. Exactly. And and Revan might have actually become Sith in part because he he began to view the Jedi as 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 fundamentally misapprehending their purpose because the Jedi are dispassionate and like if well you think it, sort of well exactly let's talk about that well yeah 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 I they kind of have like this live and let live kind of mentality it's like so they do but yet they are opposed to other people's actions things they don't like right you you can't you can't say i am neutral and then pick a side which they do all the time yeah and 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 you have to based on what they think yeah (laughs) exactly Hmm. and 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 it's and it's kind of like this really weird situation where like you you kind of have to respect this idea that the sith have about getting power to do things which was anakin's whole whole pressure during that is like he wanted to change outcomes he wanted to change outcomes by actually using his power to do something right and so he goes to yoda right who presided so yoda's garbage I'm going to say this right now. Yoda's garbage. Yoda is garbage because he presided over the single largest failure of the Jedi to the point where they were nearly wiped out completely because a Sith Emperor was under his nose the entire time that he could not see. And I don't think the Sith clouded everything. I think the Jedi freaking clouded everything. And I think at the end of the day, when Anakin comes to him and says, I'm worried that my that this you know woman I love will die, Yoda essentially says, you should stop having feelings for her. Like essentially, it's right. like that was his response. It wasn't moderate your and control your emotions. It wasn't right. you know have healthier emotions or learn how to manage this in a healthy way. They give him no good advice and then just kind of expected him just to stop feeling things. And it's like you can't do right. that. And so the, the so, Sith, in many ways, are more practical. So the question is, why do the Jedi do that? And I think this is really important for understanding the philosophy of the Jedi. Yeah, the Jedi distance themselves from everything because that's how they gain power the more neutral so to speak a jedi is the more detached they are from the world the greater the power they can wield the problem is they're viewed as neutral arbiters which is why they're used as diplomats correct correct but but the problem with that is removing yourself from your environment emotionally also makes you entirely unwilling to actually apply your power where yeah. it could be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have to wonder, you know, you mentioned here that maybe the Jedi were the ones who were clouding the force, right? Yeah. It wasn't the Sith who were who were it wasn't that Palpatine was so powerful that nobody could sense him. Yeah. But maybe it was that Yoda was becoming so powerful that he couldn't care. Yeah, that's true. It's that he'd become this. So, so here's the thing that's wild, right? Here's the thing that's wild. Why do they train Jedi as children? Because they can stop them from being attached to things. Exactly. They haven't had enough time to grow attached to their parents, which is why, which is why Anakin, when he comes in, they say, you're afraid. It's because he's thinking about his mother and they say, Oh, you got this attachment to your mom. And like, what kind of, 
good order of people are like, hmm, we don't like you being attached to your mom like this. Right? (laughs) You're a bit you're a bit clingy with old mom there, aren't you, a nine year old kid? Like it's like Yep. Like what that's that's doesn't isn't that wrong? You know what I mean? It's like it's that's the thing I love about the Kotor thing. And this person, Kreya, if you ever get a chance to look her up, she was one of Revan's mentors. And she effectively her issue was is that she kept criticizing the order and talking about things like you're saying, Seth, with like manipulation and how that works. Right. She says sometimes to heal we break things apart and to an onlooker, a surgeon is stabbing someone to death. And right. she's like, when I heal in some ways I am destroying, I am changing something. I am, right. I am helping this person get better. And in doing so I am denying them the power of getting better themselves. So right. she'll, she'll even say like when you help people in the game, she says you made their relationship easier, not better. Right. And I'm like, that is, is a very interesting observation and extremely challenging right. to good aligned characters. Like, so here's a challenge, Seth. Lawful good to chaotic evil. Where do we rate the Jedi? So I think, I think that we do a disservice by attaching good and evil to this spectrum. Yeah. Let me, let me talk about about this for a second. I think that based on what we know about the Jedi and about the Sith, what we should be, what we should be, the way we should be categorizing them is as lawful or chaotic or on some part of the spectrum between, Hmm. right? And I think that the true neutral Jedi, right? The Jedi Council, they were not neutral they were lawful because yeah. they were interested in maintaining the laws of the Republic. That is not neutral. So when when uh, the uh, droid army right is coming and invading the Gungan homeland, the Jedi step in. Yeah. Why do they step in? Because that is against the laws of the Republic. They never ask, you know, is this planet going to be better under the rule of the Trade Federation? A neutral party would have at least asked that question. Yeah. But no, they're just really interested in enforcing these laws that have been created. At the same time, the Sith are interested in destroying the laws and making their own. Well, it's it's these these are the kind of discussions that Anakin has with Padme, where she says, you know, well, they should be made to agree. Somebody should step up and and actually take the reins. And it's like it, it's one of those things where again, it's kind of like the what did the Empire ever do for us kind of scenario, where like they probably did a really good job maintaining order. You know yeah, what I mean? They, they probably did a lot for you, considering yeah. you live in a universe with crazy space pirates and. Uh, single biome planets where you can't get goods and fl- flipping criminal enterprises that can yes. control star systems oh, like that, that is insane the huts like yeah. and and it's um it, it's an interesting thing because like in, in some ways uh darth vader probably achieved a ton of peace um on a galactic scale that would have been nearly impossible for the republic to do as they were squabbling Absolutely. While we're on it, like, I I think the Jedi should never have been on Coruscant. Like, they should have been out somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, they, what, what, Dantooine, 
is where right. where where they used to li- where they used to hang out. And I'm like, they should have been there. They never should have been in the capital. That's too close. That that's too corrupting. Right. It's so close to the seat of power. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, Senator Palpatine used the Jedi to do all sorts of things. Yeah. And, as and they a were, Sith. And they they were too blind to notice what they were doing because they were right. in the tank. And again, this Republic. is lawful. Yeah. Right. This is the lawful alignment. And so I think that we really need to talk about this in terms of lawful to chaotic rather than good and evil. And and the reason I, I say that is because there are there are Jedi in the extended universe who we might call Sith who or who have fallen to the dark side who routinely do good things for people because they want to. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah. And you have to wonder, and this is one of the things, again, that Kreia asks in uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and I've got a pile of videos I can recommend where you can check her out and listen to some of the stuff she has to say, because it's kind of wild. And for a video game, this was an incredibly rich character. But um, one of the things she says is like, why is it that the Jedi keep making Sith? Right. Like no one makes Sith better than the Jedi, apparently. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's uh it's and, and so it it's such an odd thing that this keeps happening. You have to wonder if there is a flaw in the Jedi code, something where they're saying, look, you need to negate passion. Passion is your enemy. You cannot succumb to passion. Because Luke later on in the in the now non-canon, you know, extended extended universe stuff following um following return of the jedi Mm -hmm. he goes and does other stuff he kind of founds a jedi order that is not quite like the uh the jedi order we would have been familiar with in the prequels which is a really interesting thing and and i I think one of the things that i love um is uh, okay so you're, you're gonna hate me for this but the Rian Johnson one, uh, the uh, second in the in the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. What was it called? I actually forgot its name. The Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate the direction some of that was going, like where Luke essentially just said the Jedi have got to go. You know what I mean? It yeah. can't be. It can't be back to the way it was. And I think that he's right. The idea that you can completely avoid these passions, the idea that you can um, you can create this sort of just entirely neutral group of people, I think is is right. an errant idea. And I think that's why the Sith keep snagging Jedi is because they yeah. is because they say why don't you want to influence events don't you want to decide because at the end of the day it's all an illusion because the Jedi Council manipulate things they decide right. what they want to do and then they tell you if it's a good idea or not yeah <laughs> you know? like yeah it's wild I think I think that there's there was a lot of potential with that movie yeah there was a lot of potential and I think that that to a certain extent it's a bit of a shame that the direction they took it, right? Because by wiping out the Jedi, by wiping out the Sith, they, I think that they had a great opportunity to start exploring what force use looks outside of these codified systems. Because one of the really interesting things about the Star Wars universe, in my opinion, at least in the extended universe, was the number of force users who were, quote, homegrown. Like the Night Sisters on Dathomir. Yeah. Absolutely. You have people who have discovered how to use the force outside of the Jedi and outside of the Sith system. 
And I think that Star Wars could have been really interesting if it had gone that direction. Yeah. But Sith and Jedi are too good for the brand. Yeah. And 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 it's that kind of thing. That kind of exploration is super interesting. And it's very interesting in the format of a comic book. It's very mm-hmm. interesting in the format of a book. It would be very difficult to make a feature length movie. I think that did for it sure. super duper well. Like this is why uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, one of the more recent games that's come mm-hmm. out does a very good job of exploring this and um, kind of you, you befriend a night sister in that, in that right. game. And she is, has a really interesting role to play, but she uses force powers that are very unnatural. They're sorcery um, right. that, that Sith kind of like, and at one point there's even a character you meet and when you say, you know, they brought about the end of the Jedi Order, he says the Order was already dead. <laughs> you right. know, and like it's an amazing moment where he just says they they were already choking on their own pride and arrogance and they couldn't. And he's he's like, this is they were messed up. And he says here, though, I've learned power like the Jedi right. would never learn to resurrect someone because they view resurrection. Uh, they view death as just another part of life and something right. you need to accept and move on from. Yoda even tells Anakin not to mourn if someone dies. Right? right like that is is not a way that a human can really live right they right. cannot they cannot really exist well in that it's fashion. it's this it's this super negation or anti-life. right exactly it's this super like buddhist removal from the world mm. right it yeah. is an it is an embracing of the concept of nirvana before you get to nirvana yeah in the hopes that that will help you get to Nirvana, but it doesn't work. And this is part of the criticism of the story is that, Hey, these ideas sound cool. Yeah. But they don't actually work. Like you can't live like that. And, and I, and I think the Sith are a natural response to, to a lot of this. And like, I, I think that this is one of those things uh, just as a practical note of world building is that the world was never really meant to support these ideas. Now, the coolest thing about it though, is that even though I don't think George Lucas in his, in his original, in his original conception uh, of, of the thing had any idea what he wanted the Jedi or the Sith to be as the world expanded and developed like these really interesting questions started popping up in the margins and they're actually genuinely interesting to the point where yeah. you have, uh, I, I would say again, Jedi fallen order, uh, KOTOR two, a number of books, a pile of different media have actually explored them and made a lot of hay out of how interesting this turns up to being in what I would say is probably amounts to what we would call a world building mistake. Right. Agreed. So, Absolutely. In, in, I think that this this was an oversight. Yeah. It was a hole in the story, in yeah. the in the fabric of the universe. Mm. And it's a hole that has just been a fascinating thing for fans to develop. And, yeah. and to me, this is like a really, really interesting thing. It's again, as we come into this notion of collaborative world building and what it's like when your audience takes your ball and runs with it, like the, mm-hmm. a, a, again, and I harp on this a lot, but Harry Potter, the, the fans have come up with infinitely more interesting solutions than Rowling has. Yep. And, and George Lucas, it appears was able to do something that, that Rowling struggled with, which was give up a lot of creative control. Absolutely. Right. And so we get this very, very fantastic world that has captured the imaginations of 
millions, I I dare say probably billions, given the length of time that it's been around for and it's like impacted people. Like Absolutely. I think it's, it's fair to say it's had a really broad impact on fiction as a whole. And um, you know, it's the fans are the fans have run with it. And I think that's part of the issue actually, and one of the reasons why Star Wars may be losing some of its steam now is that I, I think there is a sense that while Disney blitzkriegs us with like episode after episode and season after season and product after product with this, like I'm starting to feel fatigued. Right. Um, and, and this is not like commentary on necessarily the quality of what they're making. I think a lot of it's fine and, and, and interesting. Um, but I am beginning to get tired. It's just so too much stuff. So I think that one of the reasons for that is because all of this is coming from a very few people comparatively. Yeah. The extended yeah. universe involved a lot of people and a lot of people who were real fans. People's yeah. li- life goal was to work on Star Wars. And so when they finally got the chance to write that book, man, well, they gave it everything. They gave yeah. it everything. Yeah. And, and I think that's really, really like the challenge we're coming to right now. And this is the other thing about being able to take a risk on the Jedi. Because I don't think the Jedi are unsalvageable. I don't think they are a world building mistake per se. You know, now now right. that they've been developed, I think there's a lot of room to talk about them and develop them. And especially the interplay between the Sith and alternate sor- sorts of force users, which have been explored pretty extensively in other forms of media that mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars have done. And it's just an opportunity that may be missed because we're looking for bigger, bigger bucks and blockbusters. But I think that'll about do us today for this episode. So I want to wish you guys goodbye and say as well, if you want to jump on our Patreon account, you absolutely would die for it. We put a a load of extra content on there, including some early memes that I've been putting together, uh, an occasional kind of little newslettery kind of thing I pop in just to let folks know what we're up to, as well as a additional monthly episode. So we'd love for you to come and join us. uh, It starts as little as $2 a month. For $5 a month, you can pitch us episode ideas. And that's just a blast. And we've had a ton of fun doing episodes like this one. So thanks again for joining us. Another episode of the Minecraft Club. Thank you for joining Seth and I on the Worldcraft Club podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Worldcraft Club podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>